welcome to the Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chest Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shoutouts, fun facts, and weekly banner. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White, Dr. Adam Kay, and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Welcome back to Fracture Line. We're really excited to have on Dr. Sean Diefenbager. Dr. Diefenbager, please tell the listeners who you are, where you are, tell us about your practice and everything about yourself. Thanks, guys. My name is Sean Diefenbacher. I'm at Atrium Health Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Just to give you a little background on our group, we have nine surgeons in our chest wall injury group. We have coverage seven days a week, and we have a fairly robust clinical practice, both from an operative management standpoint and then a subsequent follow-up with a dedicated clinic. So we have a significant number of cases that we do, but a, even more than that, a significant number of patients that we manage non-operatively uh, through our chest wall injury protocols. Today, we're talking about our Franken-plating session coming up at the CWIS meeting in Charlotte. We are the host city for it. We have some exciting things in store for you guys to see in Charlotte, but wanted to describe a little bit about what the Franken-plating session is and what we'll be looking for. Well, certainly right off the bat, Sean, have you gotten some cases that have been like, whoa, you don't really want to present that right now. Like, that's a little bit too extreme. Have you gotten some of those yet? There is no such thing as too extreme for frankenplating. That's the nature of the session. So really what we're looking for is an understanding of basic rib fixation principles and then at times violating all of those principles in an effort to deal with whatever the complexity of the chest wall injury is. And so that may be an x-ray that looks like a crazy rib plating hardware all over the place or crossing plates or sandwiching plates, breaking all of the principles of basic fixation techniques, but sort of how to deal with a challenging clinical scenario and utilizing your ability to understand the principles and, and maybe even push the limits on what you can do with the hardware to arrive at a reasonable clinical result. Have any of these cases that you've seen so far acquired a large bolt of lightning to go through the person in order to make it work? <laughs> I think the utilization of electricity is, you know, while certain Halloween pumpkin carving competitions do require illumination as a significant scoring metric, we are not looking for lightning bolts, but instead looking for just creative ways to solve problems to fix the chest wall. I'm super excited to see this. In fact, I have a couple cases that I need to throw together and submit because I've had a few that I'm like, whoa, that actually worked. And so I need to get something together and when is the deadline for that again? The deadline is March 15th. To be certain, we will make very clear that these are not the FDA approved uses of these plates because holy goodness, you will just be very surprised at the things that some people do. I, I am very much hoping that there are no attorneys in the room when this happens because some of them that I'm receiving, I'm like, who did what? So it's, it's fascinating. I, I mean, they clearly worked, but there are some very curious things that people creatively use their tinker toys to make people well again. So remind me, how do you submit these? Is there a format? Is there any format? Is it a video? Is it a picture? Is it, How do you want these submitted, Sarah? The idea is that you can submit them on the website. When you go to the Summit webpage, there's a place where you can upload them. At the submission form, you can also just submit your intent to participate. So if you're going to submit something, tell us now, right? So that we have kind of a framework of approximately how many people we think we're gonna have in Franken-plating, because it helps us right now to have kind of an idea of how many people we're fitting into this total session. What I'm hoping to avoid is where we have two up until the last day and then suddenly there's 80, you know, that'd be a little suboptimal. 
fortunately, people are doing a really good job right now of submitting their intent to submit something finished. But if you have images, videos, whatever that looks like, you can toss it in a PowerPoint presentation and upload that now, or you can upload it just by March 15th. But you have to have your final product submitted by March 15th so that we can be certain that we have the final final of what is going to be in the go live by March 15th. So that is the end all be all. The file submission size is fairly large in the upload process. Having said that, some people need to submit video or have very large photos or imaging or things like that. And if that's the case, let me know. And I can just open the Google Drive folder for you and you can just go ahead and move your file right into the folder. So that's certainly an option too. Once you let me know and then your case is approved. I want to know if there's anyone who's made something where it's like crop circles, where the plates made a word, like made, like wrote their name or something inside. You can only see on CAT scan or, or on, on x-ray. I think that would be pretty cool. That like is an just, excellent just point. Sign your name with your plate. Yes. Yep. If you can sign it with like a radiograph pen so we can see it on the CT scan, I will give you an extra t-shirt for free. John, has, has Mark submitted any of his cases? Because I'm pretty sure that all Mark does is frankenplating. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's out in the sticks and he's like, do you think that if I rub this with dirt first before I put I've, it in, I've, that will work out better? I've actually heard, I think that's exactly how he does it. I've actually heard that he's yeah. had to use barbed wire a few times for a couple of his patients. <laughs> It's true, Sean. You know, I do have some cases coming up that I'm going to do something dumb. So I guarantee you I'll have plenty of material for you. I like that you admit that as though you think maybe this is something that we didn't already know. It's going to be mayhem. They'll be yelling. Uh -huh. Sean, how are you so lucky to be in charge of this? Are you the Frankenstein plater? Like, do you have the example for us all? Or how did Sarah Ann and Tom say you're the guy going to be in charge? Yeah, I had an angry bank Viking mentor uh, named Everett Erickson, who uh, clearly understands how to violate many of the principles of chest wall fixation. <laughs> and so, again, uh, our session here is not to get the lawyers involved uh, for how crazy we are in terms of what we'll do with the chest wall. But I guess they felt that I was just crazy enough when it comes to some of these rib fracture fixations to moderate this session. And so again, it's really to encourage everyone to, to kind of put themselves out there on the cases that are on the fringes that other people may deal with and, and not know how to respond to. And so it's coming up with creative ways to problem solve to end up with a reasonable clinical result. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there In fact, I think it was a combination of all those things. I think the angry Viking, AKA Dr. Everett Erickson told us that uh, you were the right guy for this. Then we started asking around and, and other people said, yeah, no, he's super creative. And I think they meant creative in the best possible way. So that's how you got tapped. You know, we should reach out to like the Journal of Trauma Case Reports or something like that and see if they would do a like case series on our Frankenplay, like our top three or five Frankenplating cases and see if they'll give us a discounted rate to publish bad paper from, from the summit in their uh, journal. That'd be pretty awesome. It's a great idea. Right. And with a big FDA warning again.
Yeah, I'm not overly confident we want this recorded for all of uh, time and all eternity, Dr. Bauman. I don't know. <laughs> In the journal. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're right, but I don't know. I, I think it'd be interesting. So. Dr. Coimbra is going to be there. He will be present on Thursday. And Frankenplating, he presents at noon. And Frankenplating <laughs> is at two. So, you there know, you, you can just give him the wink and the nod and say, guess what? It's at two o'clock, you know? And then if he's so dazzled, I'm sure he'll just be running to the podium to tell Dr. Diefenbacher, what a session. I can't wait to publish that. You know? I have a question not about Frankenplating. I just, I, I want to know more about Sean's program because I'm amazed that there are nine surgeons who do this. How how did this start for you guys? Like, how long has your organization had a rib service? And give me a little bit of an idea of the history of what you guys have done here. Because a lot of us, I think, are trying to figure out how to do something like that in our hospitals. And it's always great to learn from you guys. Sure. Uh, so at Atrium, uh, Brad Thomas and John Green were two of the uh, faculty here that really started with rib plating. We've just slowly grown with more and more people interested, uh, garnering more and more support and resources from the institution as we've grown the program. We've been able to utilize our current clinical schedule to really have a faculty for ribs specific call on a daily basis. And we have a uh, one attending who's primarily responsible and a secondary attending who's available for additional support. And so as we've had increasing volume, both of the non-operative and operative chest wall injury patients, we've continued to try and push and utilize the existing resources to fulfill that need. And again, the volume of patients we see, you know, our rib patient list may be eight to 10 patients at a given time with, you know, four to six cases on average per week. I think the, the record number of cases is nine or 10 in a given week. And so uh, you can imagine that doing one of these cases on a given day is exhausting enough, but doing seven over the week or flexing up to 10 over the week and doing multiple cases per day can be fairly uh, tiresome. But again, as we've really started to bring through our protocols and familiarize our OR teams with the cases, we've made things routine. And so it allows our team not to be so intimidated by all the setup and the perioperative management and allows us to really get patients through quickly in the operating room. So what is your um, like breakup between acute versus chronic? Yeah, we have a dedicated clinic uh, every week on Tuesday afternoon that we typically have uh, somewhere between four and six patients. The vast majority of those are post-operative follow-ups, both their initial post-op and subsequent follow-up. We do get some referrals from the outside centers for either non-unions or malunions or revisions of hardware. We have a few flank hernias that we fix in conjunction with our minimally invasive team. And so the vast majority of our operative cases and clinic volume, the acute patient, probably greater than 90, 95%. But as our referral base kind of grows and our popularity grows in terms of people knowing that we have a, a chest wall injury center, certainly that number is increasing that we're seeing in clinic from a chronic standpoint. I mean, at 10 cases per week, is all of Charlotte sending to you? And how are you getting that kind of volume? Yeah, the volume just comes from the nature of Charlotte. I guess it's the way they build the highways or the fact that we have one of the more popular motor speedways here in the racing city of Charlotte. So the vast majority, obviously, are, are blunt injuries from motor vehicle collisions and a number of falls, whether that's fall from a height or fall from a ladder. Again, it, you know, with the expanding criteria that all the chest wall injury groups have contributed to, you know, our flails that we're managing and our non-flails, our geriatric populations and some of the other special populations, uh, we've really expanded our criteria to provide a full evaluation within 12 hours from the rib team and make a determination of the role for surgery or non-operative management. 
you know, we're pushing boundaries. Uh, we've done an ECMO case last week for chest wall stabilization, which I think is reported in the literature, maybe from the European literature. But again, we're really understanding all the work that the Chest Wall Injury Society has done to normalize and to standardize the management of chest wall injury. And, and so having somebody with their eyes on the list all the time and getting those consults and quickly assessing and making a care plan is really the way that we get that volume and capitalize and and don't miss patients because of somebody not being around or not being available. I don't think anyone knows how to drive in Charlotte. I mean, I, I actually <laughs> maybe that's true. I haven't played at someone in two months. It's like killing me that I no everyone's good. Everyone's I mean, we have patients with some rib fractures, but they don't they don't need to be plated. I just I'm amazed that the service can have ten cases a week. Wow. And the percentage that you fix versus that you watch. Yeah, we don't have that number exactly off the top of our heads, but we're not fixing everybody. You know, we're fixing the clinical flails, the radiographic flails with any pulmonary compromise, and then the non-flail criteria is with pulmonary compromise. You know, all of the non-displaced fractures are getting uh, ESP blocks or some sort of regional block and multimodal pain meds, and then all of our volume expansion therapy and incentive spirometry from our respiratory therapy protocols. They're getting close observation, and if those fail, at times we consider them for fixation, but we're very much on the standard national criteria for fixation. It, it just seems that just having the program in place, we recognize more of the chest wall injury and characterize those patterns of injury more successfully. Okay, that's amazing. You guys have really done an amazing job here. We're, we're going to be at, in your neck of the woods for the summit, so it'll be really cool. Yeah, what's the one must-see while I'm in Charlotte at the end of April? Yeah, Sarah Ann's got a tremendous uh, itinerary for everybody. One of them is the Whitewater Center, which is a neat little area near the airport with whitewater rafting and a number of trails and other uh, activities that we'll have everybody engage in, hopefully safely without any falls and rib fractures. But know that we have a team standing by at CMC if that is the case. So uh, she definitely has a great itinerary and, and some hot spots to hit both in town and right around town. Thanks for the throw in. That's what we're doing Friday afternoon. It's going to the Whitewater Center. So good. I didn't even have to prompt him for that answer, you guys. Way to go. We did good. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I can't believe that. Ten, 10 a week. That's just like, that's amazing. I was excited when I did two in one day, but you know, that was like, you know. That's more work than you do in a month. Yeah, I mean, Chris, you haven't even been at work this month, dude. Like, uh... hey, listen, I did, <laughs> I did two the week I left for vacation, and I was in between vacations, okay? Did your hands hurt when you were finished? Yeah, I was exhausted. I'm sorry. So, so what you're telling me is Dr. Diefenbacher on a regular basis has done five times the work that you've done? Yeah, no, we're all dazzled. Throw you some glitter, man, because I'm impressed. He's got, like He's got like a thousand people that do rib plating. Did you submit those two to uh, yeah, for Franken plating? Because <laughs> I was doing this. Probably. He doesn't actually fix with screws. He just finds tree sap. You know, because he's out in the sticks. So he just goes and rubs the plates on the trees. And then he comes and smacks them on the ribs as hard as he can. He's like, that'll hold. Why wouldn't that hold? That's fine. We've all been in those chests where you're like, did I just put the wrong rib to the wrong rib? Because it's so messed up. I've done that so many times. You know what? I'm not a surgeon and I can't even imagine that. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say no one on this call is nodding their head along with you and go, yeah, no, we're totally with you on that one. I'll be honest with you, Mark. I'm usually guaranteeing that I'm getting the right rib to the right rib oh, before no, no. I actually put a plate on. <laughs> there's been, there's been times I'm like, oh shoot, I think 
I reduced the wrong rib to the wrong rib. I didn't do it. Oh, was, my God. Oh, man. This is bad. And they let you have a license? Dude, I'm so sorry for your malpractice attorney. Please, please tell me that whoever that is is really good. I could just see you in there, Mark, with, like, soldering iron or, like, a welding helmet on, like, just going to town on someone's chest. All right, Sarian, give us some Give us some updates. So, updates. As we've been discussing, Frank and Plating, all the submissions, please submit your intent to submit. If you're not quite ready to submit your actual presentation, please submit your intent now and your actual presentation by March 15th. Posters are still being accepted until March 15th. And any videos for the city session are available for submission until March 15th. So the time is nigh to get finished. We're down to a few short weeks. So that's good. If your abstract was accepted, I know that I have been gently reminding you the full court pressure of harping is soon to commence. We'll be transitioning into that phase that you need to have everything submitted to JTAX by April 1st. So that's enjoyable to look forward to that we're going to cross over when I get to really amp up to that next level of nag. That's always fun for people. And we have a handful of events coming up, as you would know if you watch the newsletter. So Thursday, March 9th, this, we're going just a little bit off cycle on this one. Thursday, March 9th, we're going to have Journal Club at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. And then we'll go back to our Wednesday schedule of Ribbonar. And that was going to be breathing mechanics with Dr. Andy Sabatier. For those that were able to participate in NOFO, he did kind of a precursor event there. Um, so he'll be doing a full um, expanded version of that presentation. And then our traditional case review on March 22nd at one o'clock. So a handful of things coming up in March. Please get them on your calendar. Check out the newsletter for more information Slack, and of course, always on the website, on Twitter, etc. And as it turns out, we're also having our annual summit. It's uh, coming up for those that uh, haven't put it on their calendar, April 27th. You know whose registration I haven't seen yet is Dr. Carl Hansen. I just wanted to shout him out because he happens to be here on the pod. And haven't seen that registration cross oh, my I am, I'm database still yet. I'm to get the time off. I'm still waiting to yeah. get the time off. Yeah. Yeah. I heard Mark's going to make him stay back in uh, <laughs> Fracture Line. That, you know what? That would not surprise me one bit. Yeah. Carl's He's got like, work you to stay. Do. Work for me. Yes. It could happen. <laughs> Too many vacations. He's got to read some stuff and interpret it for me and then put it on an audio book so I can understand. That makes things, sense. You know? Draw you some pictures. Understand. This totally understand. Are we going to have a... Speaking of that, are we going to do like a live in-person fracture line where uh, Carl's just walking around, like micing people up, and then we put that? You as know, a that usually uh, happens, I but I hadn't asked him because I hadn't seen his registration. Ooh! Oh, wow. shots fired! Shots fired! Pew pew. pew 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 And she tried to get you a job at MGH last week too, bud. I mean, she's really right. helping you out. You gotta get I back. know. I know. I, I will. I, I will be better. I don't. I don't like the way I am either. It's okay. It's all good, Karen. <laughs> well said. Start with the. Well said. I love it. I love it. Carl's yeah. Carl's coming. He doesn't even know it yet. My whole crew's coming. I'm gonna have be four of us coming from BMC. 
Now you haven't even registered yet. So see, I feel like you may want to start with step one. We have final stitches to do. Who's going to go? All right. I'll go first. I got a good one. So for my final stitch, it's kind of twofold. Number one, for all of you that didn't see, our CWIS end of the year report just was uh, sent out and published yesterday to the membership. So please take a look at that. It just highlights all the amazing accomplishments that we've had through 2022. I just, uh, I actually just read it myself just to review all the uh, accomplishments and highlights from this year. And it just, it's fantastic. And I just couldn't be more proud to be a part of such a successful and amazing organization. But I want to give a special shout out to someone here on the phone, uh, Sarah, who basically put that whole thing together. I know it was quite the workload to get it done, but uh, she did an amazing job with it. I think that we all owe her a big uh, a round of applause for just a fantastic job with our first end of the year report. So thank you so thank much, Sarah, for, uh, for orchestrating that and putting it together. Thank you so much. I am so proud of all the work people did. Very cool look back on the year. We're like a real organization. It's like pretty cool. It looks very legit. It does. It really does. My shout out, well, I wasn't on Fracture Line in the past couple of weeks, so I guess I can still be really proud of my Chiefs as the uh, the Kansas Cityan in the uh, organization here. So a uh, shout out to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs for uh, another win, another Super Bowl uh, victory. It was a little scary initially because uh, the Eagles just seemed to like just go straight down their field for with no problem at all. But as usual, in the end, we come out on top. So looking forward to more years of uh, Kansas City uh, winning. However, I read this great article in The Onion that says more or less now that if they win again, who cares? And if they lose, it's like, who cares? So in the end, know, there goes our future. I don't. I don't know if they can win again because I think the Cowboys are about ready to go on a five-year yeah. winning streak. The dynasty is about to start. Um, yes. The, yes. The dynasty yeah. is about to start. Yep. So. so sorry, Adam. Well, my shout-out is it's Thank a Resident Day. You guys, some of the best physicians I know were once residents. And Dr. Hansen, we're so proud of you. And we love that all your stories are about your residency because it shows what a dedicated resident you are. As opposed to like when Dr. Christo was a resident and we didn't even know he was a resident. We didn't we didn't know if he worked at all. And then he grew up and we we still don't know. So see, look at how dedicated you are. And we like that about you. We're proud of you. And all of our other residents as resident members. So thank a resident. You guys are fantastic. Carl, get back to work. God dang it. Come on, man. You can't. You gotta go uh, I'll work. Try. Yeah, Carl, get back to work. <laughs> Carl, you got a final stitch? You guys are killing me. Um, all right, so my final stitch. I am on my Mickey month. I'm getting beat up. It is a great learning experience. I was going to say I was going to try to avoid talking about residency just out of spite of, of everything I talk about is always residency, but it is what it is. I am closer moving along. You guys are going to get a play-by-play. -play. I'm closer to the home buying process, so that's good. And I got to chill in the hot tub last night after, you know, like 24 hours up, which was good. I don't know. It's it's little things. Taking it piece by piece. Um, so, so yeah. Carl, how how in, in God's name is the Mickey beating you up? And that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't even put it in words. Yeah. Good yeah. Question. Yeah. Good, I don't know. I, it's not it's not the place that I usually spend my time right now. You know, I've gotten so used to the 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 straightforwardness of either people yell at me and tell me what they want or they don't there's a lot of uh, gray zones so i have to do a lot of interpreting of what people are expecting yeah oh man you actually have a differential diagnosis oh, now which he's not used to it's usually just this is a problem so if i can't cut it out what do i do things. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you just order a lot of stuff and then figure it out later, Carl. That's <laughs> what you know. That's what we all do. Well, Carl, happy residence. Thanks. Day yeah, I heard it was residence week. Yeah, and, yeah it, it's a yeah. But you got a week. We only have a day for doctors. You know, it's just doctors' day. That's crazy. I'll do my final stitch. I uh, am in Canada with my whole family. We're skiing. We're climbing. We're having a great time. They came up and all kind of surprised me for my birthday, which isn't even until next month. But we're having a great time. So cheers to my family, the Crisco crew, bunch of crazy people. Sean, will you give us a final stitch? Anything on your mind, any shout outs, whatever you want to do, what's your final stitch? Yeah, my final stitch is a shout out to my mentors. Number one, Dr. Everett Erickson at MUSC. You know, very much in the hiring season across the country, and we're hiring here at Atrium for the acute care surgery division. And I think anytime we're in that process or looking around, it always calls me to realize how fortunate I am for my mentors and people that have pushed me along the way, sometimes without me realizing and sometimes forcing me along the way. And so the final stitch is just to say thanks to those who have helped to get me to this point, and, and that provides support for so many of us around the country. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's good to connect. Have a wonderful weekend.